Hello, I'm Tess Seddon and I'm a theatre maker and I also stood in the general election in 2017. I went from being a political novice, just researching a play idea I had about the Yorkshire Party, to full-on standing with them. It was pretty intense as I kind of knocked on doors and spoke at hustings. I even got threatened. Since I stood, I've made a musical about it. It's called Say Yes to Tess, and you can catch it at Leeds Playhouse and Camden People's Theatre this March and April 2022. Say Yes to Tess, um, a big question of it was asking how we can make politics accessible to everyone. I found that the more I knew, the more I found it hard not to do anything. Since then, I've been working with six teenagers from Seacroft in Leeds to ask that very question. How can we make politics more essential to young people? They began this podcast uh, project saying that they don't they didn't know anything about politics, but they wanted to know more. So what you're about to listen to is the result of us taking them on a journey. We provided them access to politicians, to parliament. Well, we tried, you'll find out. And to anything that they were interested in learning about. So this is their podcast and this is their journey. This is Politics Could Never. Welcome to Politics Could Never. I'm Peace, Cheryl, Nicole, Kiara, Arthur, Hannah. We're a bunch of teenagers from Seacroft and Leeds who are on a journey to understand the behind the scenes of politics. Join us as we try to find out why young people are not involved in the decisions that affect us most. Hope you enjoy. Hi, I'm Kiara. I really like music and singing and I really hate when people put their feet underneath a rug. What? Like, do you know, no, it really pains me. So, so you know like you have a rug or like a carpet and then like people put their f- like foot underneath and it creases the carpet, no? Why'd you do that? I, I, my brother does it all the time and it just, I hate it. So yeah. Does that? I'm with you. Um, hi, my is Cheryl, and I love playing rugby. Like, my favourite sport. But one thing I hate is when people underestimate me, like, don't think I can do something. Yeah, that really gets me. Yeah. Yeah. Is that for just sports or anything? Um, anything, like, uh, education-wise, sport-wise, just in general. It's pretty hard to top her feet under the rug. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Arthur Gerdo. Uh, I enjoy playing games of rugby also. And what infuriates me the most are slow people. I'll be, I don't know, walk up the stairs and have a really slow person in front of me. And sometimes I need to, you know, get somewhere in the rush and they're just really slow. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and what do you do if someone is someone slow in front of you? How do you cope? Um, push them out the way. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how I can cope. I don't know what you need to do. Like, if they're slow, they're slow. There's not much I can do about it. So either I can uh, walk around them somehow or push them out of the way. <laughs> I hope you don't push out people out of the way. Do you? I need to watch. No, no, I do. I do. I'm a very nice. <laughs> my name's Hannah. Um, my favourite thing to do is dancing and singing. Things that infuriate me the most is when people are walking in front of you like anywhere and they're like they're like swerving so you can't even go like past them or anything. Yeah, cool. oh, be swerving. What? <laughs> I don't do that. <laughs> what do you mean by swerving? Why well, they're just like going like 
run them left and right in the middle, like an empty pavement. Yeah. So you can't get in front of them. Mm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Can't say I relate now. <laughs> All right. Hi, my name's Nicole. I love to play sports like netball and I like to umpire the game and I hate when people... Oh. <clears throat> I hate when people um, chew with their mouth open or chew like really loudly. Yeah, yeah that gets me. <laughs> my name is Peace. Something I love doing is sports and something I find annoying is just always coming back after I've said no multiple times just it's just a trait that i picked up from my siblings i'm sorry <laughs> what do you mean coming back if you said no? like for example i'll tell you no you can't take my phone and you continuously come back and ask me if i can take your phone i just find it very irritating can i take your phone no <laughs> <laughs> i think the foot feet under the rug tops what you mean now how does everyone feel about Seacroft? I like the community that Seacroft has, especially with the community centres and different events that they have for kids um, and also adults. But I also feel like um, the crime rates are really high and it can be really um, like quite scary at sometimes to like walk about. Do you think that's more from like um, children turning to teenagers or like the older range from teenagers? Before it used to be teenagers, but now it's like more younger kids because I feel like, I feel like the kids feel like they don't have anything for them to do, even though um, there might be certain events and stuff, but. There's nowhere for them to really go to like hang out or to chill where they will have to spend like larger parts of money. I think it's both the young kids and the teenagers. I think the young kids just follow the teenagers because there are places for them to go like um, parks and centres and things like that. It's just that they don't because they see older kids doing bad things and they think, oh, well, if my older brother's doing this, then I should do it. Or if the year 11s at my school are doing all these things, then I should do it too. And I understand that you want to copy the things that people are doing, but it doesn't mean that it's a good thing. Yeah, but if you think about it, even having, like, centres and stuff to go to. Like, North Seacroft, we have nothing. We don't even have a park. Mm. But, like, South Seacroft, they've got everything. They have a, they have a community centre that they can go to whenever, and they have two parks. It just depends where all the funding goes. Because, like, if you see the parks um, on the other side of Tesco, it's completely different to Rain Park, like... What do you expect children to do when there's not even a swing to play on? Well, exactly. Like we have, we have the baby park on the rain park, but how how is like a teenager meant to go and play on them <laughs> when they literally they'll get stuck in the baby swings even if they don't put the legs through the holes? Mm. And if you go through like rain park at night, it's pitch, but like. I feel like they should put lampposts or something there because it's just, it's too dark and it's dangerous and, like, loads of kids just hang there. Yeah, but if, if you want, like, if we had, got, had like, lampposts and stuff on there, 
you'd literally be known as sleep because there'd be people in the park and on the mugger and stuff 24-7. I've, I've also had a good bunch of people, like, you know, saying, oh, there's many uh, criminal activities happen there during dark. Well, a lot of things can happen. It can happen anywhere. But that park, it's better off with no lights for the fact of you get peace and quiet at, like, 9 o'clock at night when it's pitch black in the winter. I'm not sure who'll be uh, going around in the park around, like, 10 p.m. or something. I can't see anybody else doing that, like, for whatever reason. I know a lot of people that do that. Do they? Lots of kids. Yeah. yeah. Yesterday. You hear them screaming and shouting? Climbing on the play box. Literally yeah. loads of kids. Oh, yeah, on the, on the play box, yeah. <laughs> I don't understand, like, why they don't go home or, like, find somewhere else. Yeah. It's like, you see, like, these, like, six-year-olds out at that time, it's like... Mate, where, where are your parents? You need to be in bed. You should be asleep. Literally. Now my brother's starting to get a bit older, like he's um, turning nine. And obviously he wants to start going out more, like with his friends who just like walk around Seacroft. But my parents are not really, really supportive of that cause, because of the crime and because you don't really know what's happening until it's too late and something bad happens. Yeah. Because what actually is there to do at the park after dark? Like, what are kids actually doing that they can't be at home? Even when it's not dark, though, because, you know, um, the park that we went to yesterday, um, all the swings there have just been stolen. And, and literally everything there has just been taken. So whether it's dark or not, sometimes there's literally nothing to do because people just take the things that that we've been given in Seacroft for granted. Yeah. Mm. Well, it's like when when we did have a park, did have, mm. like, a park on the rain park. Oh, yeah. Someone actually stole the basket swing and ran away with it in daylight. What what was What is the point? Seriously, it was burnt, and you probably get no use out of it. So why would you steal it? Apparently, um, back when you had the old playground, you know, when there was in the basketball court there, apparently yeah. it was like that. Do you remember that slide? Yeah, the yeah. That was a slide. Apparently, apparently people used to urinate down there. Oh, it was disgusting. Oh, why did you ruin my childhood? Oh, well, did you slide I've down there? I've been on there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's not even like police are doing all about it. There's nothing they can do. I remember my... My sister was telling me uh, one time her friend's older brother is known by the police, like, they know his name. They oh, know, yeah. like, he causes trouble, but they just don't do anything. We should actually have PCSOs all over Seacroft, but they're too scared to come out. Well, I think that, you know, the police don't really... They're not really bothered about the things that go on, so I think it's up to us as a community... Oh, yeah, to, definitely. ..to solve it. Does everyone agree? Yeah. yeah. Agreed. So I was really surprised by uh, the young people's passion for their local area and also their passion for hating on other young people. Um, there was also a lot of um, ranting about the buses from Hannah, which uh, we just couldn't put all of it in because um, the level of passion was too strong. Um, but uh, I thought the best person we could talk to is David Jenkins, who is a local councillor in Seacroft. The group had no idea what on earth a local councillor does. And to be honest, neither did I. <laughs> um, great. Who would like to introduce David? Arthur, well done. What? <laughs> <clears throat> Hello, David. 
Hello, Alpha. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still pretty new at this. Don't worry. How are you? I'm okay. Yeah. Pleased to be here and to talk about politics and um, hear your views and ideas and suggestions. Yeah. And what you'd like to do in the future, how you'd like to change the world. I hope. <laughs> For a better place. Yeah. So. We'll start off asking you a couple questions. So, what does a councillor exactly do? Well, a councillor does lots of different things, really. Um, first of all, represent the community in which you're elected to serve. Then, go to lots of meetings, like council meetings, meetings about issues. You raise issues with the officers of the council where you want to get things changed. Can I also put in, sorry, um, the issues, do they actually, like, go through, does it actually better the community? Like, do you actually make change regarding the meetings that you do? I've been a councillor of three and a half years, <coughs> and probably probably ten things managed to actually achieve. Um, things are quite slow in mm. getting change. What's the difference between an MP and a councillor? Okay, so an MP like Richard Bergen, who represents uh, East Leeds, covers a much bigger area. So he covers about four different wards Temple Newsom, Crossgates and Winmore, Hales and Gipton, and Clillingback and Seacroft. So he or she would represent the interests of, that, of this community in Parliament. So we're in opposition at the moment, because I'm a, a Labour politician. Um, and even when we're in power, it's still a struggle to get things done at times. But you, you'll t tackle issues like um, the pandemic, um, like where we should spend money, like on transport, on housing, on issues that affect the whole country, how we run the economy. So the MP will <coughs> largely ask questions in, in Parliament um, to try and get answers to um, issues that constituents raise with him or her. Um, I used to, before the pandemic, I used to help him with his surgeries. So we'd go to um, the local library and ten or so people would come along and ask questions, have, have problems and that they needed solving. And we would try and do that. What do you do as a surgery? Do you mean like as a doctor or just...? As a doctor, eh? Well, to diagnose <laughs> what the problem is, yeah. I mean, uh, a lot of the issues are advice-related. Um, they could be health health issues, they could be housing, benefits, um, environmental issues, transport. Um, so at an MP level, some of those issues you'd be able to take up um, through the, the office of the Member of Parliament. And we often we have hotlines to the DWP, Department of Work and Pensions, about benefits issues. So like the Working Men's Club, needed a defibrillator um, or else they wouldn't be able to operate as a sports and social club. So we've managed to get the funding for that. It's about £1,000. You spoke about money. Um, we're all kind of curious, if it's not too personal. How much do you make as a councillor? Um, well, I don't have more than one job, which is one thing. Yeah, I was curious about that too. Like, do you have other jobs? <laughs> well, I do actually. No, it's true. So a councillor earns about 16000 a year. Um, in the old days, councillors weren't paid at all, they just got expenses. But 
they asked me because of my experience in life, I suppose, as social welfare and stuff. So th this year, I became a, a deputy executive member, and for that you get an extra eleven thousand. And because I've got a pension, you wouldn't think it, I know, I've got a pension as well, I'm, I've actually got too much money, really. So I try and give away some, if I possibly can. But I haven't got 970,000 that that Tory MP's got, <laughs> spending most of his time in the Virgin Islands doing other jobs when he should be an MP. You know, I think it's absolutely disgraceful. Moving back onto you, how did you get into politics? Um, tortuously, uh, <laughs> a long route. Well, when I, I suppose I've always been interested um, in in politics, and um, but not as an active politician. But I've like supported the Labour Party and uh, from the nineteen sixties and so on. I mean, I, I was involved in CND and. Um, Campaign for nuclear disarmament and things like that. I think we're too young to know that. <laughs> <laughs> That's another issue, yeah. Um, but, you know, I've always wanted to fight for social justice and make the life, the world a better place. So I, I started life as a psychiatric social worker and in mental hospitals, working with mm -hmm. psychopaths and, and so on. But then I thought, well, I'm not going to really change the world doing that. I can maybe help some people live better lives but um, so then I became a community worker um, and I worked all you know London York Edinburgh Newcastle and, and different places but I re then I became I thought oh, I'm too old for this so I became a, an advice worker about nine, 2000 and then I retired in 2015 and uh, I went to the member of parliament and said would you like me to help you do your surgeries uh, and he said for free and so I did that, and after about two years, he said, well, you're, you're doing the job of a councillor, really, so why don't you become a councillor? So the existing councillors who were here were getting near to retirement, um, so we took over from them uh, in 2018. So that's, that's the story. Um, and now I'm 74, and in two years' time I will retire, I think. <laughs> <laughs> But you don't look over again. <laughs> uh, yeah, you ought to say I had some hair before I started this. <laughs> so aside from all the politics and everything else, what is a normal day like for you? Um, getting up <laughs> <laughs> and starting work. I mean, it's seven days a week, you know. Um, my recreation is playing tennis. So, I, um, are you on a team? No, no. I'm, I'm, they, I'm a spin doctor, really. I, I spin the ball a lot. I can sometimes spin it over the net and back again. So that's my only claim to fame, really. No, um, so really, yeah, I mean, it's a full-time job. I mean, uh, as I say, um, I probably deal with 10 cases a day. Um, get lots of phone calls. Uh, I try and answer the, a phone call within about 10 minutes or, or directly. I, you know, I think I try and respect people, I suppose, you know, and feel that if it was me and I was ringing up my councillor, I wouldn't want to wait two or three days to get an answer. And uh, so I, even on a Sunday, I, I'll do it. But, um, yeah, so I'm just very fortunate to be in the position to try and help people, really. Um, are there many young councillors around 
in their 20s or 30s? And if not, how could a young person become a counsellor? Okay. Well, there aren't many um, young people who are counsellors, and but I, I'd encourage more to become counsellors. Probably two or three in their late 20s. Can I ask um, why? Pardon? Why? Why are they more young people? Why aren't there so many? Because it's it's not a career that people think about, you know. I mean, I'd encourage more women um, to take it up. And lastly, what would you like for Seacroft? What would I like for Seacroft? Well, I think I would like there to be more houses, which we're, we're trying to build more houses for people to live in. What would you like for a better Seacroft? <coughs> the motorbikes need to go. The motorbikes no. will never get rid of. You just like, why wouldn't you rather teach them how to use it actually? Because like the accidents are still gonna happen. They're still gonna like be driving it at like thirteen years old. You You'd just, rather you, them the drive it properly. Like, you You've don't got... need to drive your bike up and down five <laughs> times past the same street every single time. It, it, it is ridiculous with the motorbikes and stuff. But it's like you see all these like police chases and stuff of them. Yeah. Mm. And they can never get they can never like catch people because they've not got the off road bikes. Because mm. the off road bikes are a bit are to be allowed to be used. Is there anything positive you might want? Like if you could if you had all the money in the world and you could transport a what would you do? I no clue. Do you know um at Kentmere Community Centre? Mm. Um fall into place yeah. the community like the community um i was speaking to the f- naomi naomi yeah oh. and i was thinking that we should create a diner for like an american style diner close yeah. to seacroft um or in seacroft just for like more young people where it's like affordable for young people like to a, like, like chill. a youth service where yeah. we like Especially with like, and then it could create jobs for young people as well as young people being able. So if that does happen, I am. By the way, I just want to just say that was my idea. (laughs) (laughs) You know that patch of land you were talking about? Yeah, could put it there. Yeah, that that that's what I think would be good for Seacroft. And do you know what? Maybe that's a good idea because we could that that can help like young people. Can we stress the prices need to be cheap? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> cheap. Yeah, but uh, like we like we spoke about the antisocial behaviour. Mm-hmm. Most antisocial behaviour is because they've got nothing to do. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. So if they had like there to go to like youth club, which is only once a week. Yeah. And if they had something to do, it'd be good. And young people just love food. Yeah. That it, it's just an easy way to get to their hearts. Food. Vegan as well. Yeah. No, if yeah. they want it. Or we could do something for like the homeless people because recently yeah. I've been into town. It's like they're increasing in size and number. Like it's ridiculous. I don't know if it's because of the pandemic that's gone by, mm. but it's like they've grown a no- well, you could also, number. But then you don't know if the if I know this sounds horrible. Yeah, you've got that big problem because yeah. there is a lot of people that just go out into town. It's true. That's to beg people. that are actually homeless. Yeah. But home, <coughs> home, homelessness isn't just not having a place to live. It's also not having a permanent household. Yeah. Isn't it? So we should be able to do something else for people who mm. aren't living on the streets, but they might 
currently just be living in hotels and things so because they might not be able to it's like going to be hard to it's living in a hotel or motels and things like that's not something long term so I feel like something should be set up for people like that as well because often those people have children mm. young children who go to school even animals things like that. the dogs <laughs> the dogs no the dogs are important too get them off the streets as well <laughs> yeah yeah for, for lonely people who are lonely having an animal is often you know really important in their lives you know I'm actually the older per, older people's champion for Leeds God knows why oh, well, <laughs> but um, so I, I'm you know one of my roles is to try and fight ageism amongst um, the population and make Leeds an age-friendly city. Is there ageism to young people? Probably. <laughs> Most definitely. Yeah. Well, yes. I mean, I think I think if you're well off and you, you can probably cope with it much better because you can you've got more choice in life. But if you're you've got limitations um, through income or vulnerability of where you live and so on. Um, you often get tarred with the same brush, you know. Well, then you've also got to think young people aren't always listened to. Yeah. And going off minimum wage. Yeah, four pounds something. Four pounds. Thirty-two. Can I also make a comment? Not me. Can we please? (laughs) Can we please increase minimum wage? Because four pound is ridiculous. In all honesty, that is that. That's not even a day. That's not a meal deal. Like you can get a cheeky McDonald's. Not even that. You couldn't even get a McDonald's. <coughs> you definitely could for four pounds. Oh, you nice. could get half a meal. You oh, nice. nice. You're not getting no big one. It's true. It's really well, David, we want to thank you for coming on today. Thank and you. Uh, thank you for you know, answering some more questions. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I do actually feel quite proud to be with you. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Next episode, the group are going to be reporting live to Parliament on what they think political education should be like in schools. Fair to say, we're all a little bit worried about this enormous leap from being political novices to reporting live to MPs. But we were working with the amazing organisation Shoutout UK, who advocate for political literacy in schools, um, and we were guided through by them. So I hope you tune in and see you then.